beautiful. So God is going to touch your heart this morning, and I know that for sure because I know who's speaking. So I'm going to hand over to the senior pastor who has got some really good truth to share with us. As I think you may have seen from the email, our theme for the whole of this month is freedom. And uh, Jane's got some really good input on freedom for us. So over to you, sweetheart. Good morning. I'm going to pray. Father, we want to catch a vision of you. and We want to... We want our hearts to receive more and more the picture of who you are, who we are, what you've done, all of the whole experience of our salvation and what you want to do that sets us even more free so that we can more fully, more fully glorify you. And so we, I give you this morning and I, I pray that whatever is of you would land in our hearts, whatever is not, would not. And uh, Father, that that we would grow and learn together in Jesus' name. So, as introduction, I would say that during the summer, I took a course on the introduction to counselling. And I came away with some concepts that I was really excited about because they explained really how we are made. So it wasn't really learning about how to counsel, it was just taking a whole step back and knowing how we're made, and I am just so excited about it. There were some helpful illustrations that brought clarity and explanation to what happens to us in salvation and subsequent daily life. So what I'm, what I'm suggesting is that for me, I, in doing this course, I was able to hang onto it, things that I already knew, and so I'm offering that to you, that you already are very experienced in lots and lots of areas, but there may be some piece here that, that brings a little bit of clarity or, oh, I didn't know that piece was there. And so I just offer this as a gift to you this morning. So one of the questions is, how can we experience freedom? The most important freedom we can ever experience is, of course, receiving Jesus as our personal savior and honoring him as the Lord of our lives day by day. Agreed? I feel like I need you to talk to me a little. <laughs> there is a further freedom that we can walk in as we recognize and deal with our thought life, our beliefs, and our behavior. Walking in more freedom comes as we embrace the journey of being saved. So we've been saved, but we are also being saved. And I think this what I'm bringing today helps me, it helped me understand about the part that, that we are saved, but we're being saved. Is everyone okay with this? Give me a thumbs up if you are, because I need to know that you're good. Okay. So walking in more freedom comes as we embrace the journey of being saved by identifying, challenging, and changing destructive patterns of thought, belief, and behavior. The more free I become, the better I reflect God's image and fulfill his purpose for me. So years and years ago, God took us to Toronto. And I, at that point, was using up so much energy to keep myself, like, together. 
it was a waste of energy, but it was what I was doing. And, you know, tension rippled here. And when we arrived, we were immersed into a Father Loves You conference. And the beginning of that was talking about that we need to forgive. And I was thinking, well, I don't really, didn't know that I hadn't forgiven anyone. I, but I thought, this is a good idea. <laughs> and so I started to, and I thought, well, who shall I forgive? So I started with my parents, just randomly just thinking of people that I thought I could forgive. And you know what? I started to have peace. It was like a mill pond here. And I'm, I'm not going to go through my whole testimony. I will refer to a couple of parts. But I can tell you as I stand today that I don't use and waste energy in trying to hold me together. There's a lot more energy that's free now to live and to do what he wants me to do. Who thinks that's a good thing? Yes, okay, that's a good thing. All right, so we good. Um, just a, a thing here. It's not all about me in a self-focused way. I know w when we talk about looking at what's going on, you know, we can have a self-focused way. Um, but as I become all that he wants, that's the good thing. So it, just that whole thing about Copernicus. You Everyone remember how the... Everyone thought that the whole world revolved around the, the earth. And sometimes that's how we can be, that the world revolves around me and it's glorified. And so to have like a sort of Copernicus awakening is just a reminder that we actually are going around the sun. And we sang that this morning in our first song, um, Jesus Be the Center. And th those words were exactly from that song. Holly chose the songs. It was very lovely. Jesus, you're the center of my life. Everything revolves around you. Were our exact words that we were saying. So here's a question. Maybe you don't do this, but if you did, why do we repeat unhealthy, unproductive behavior? Does anyone do that? Like check the door twice, three times, just to check it's locked? Yeah, who withdraws, like in conflict, you never withdraw, right? Or never like lash out or anything. Like we have got things that we do that are sort of automatic. Our lives are full of patterns, many of which are automatic, including breathing, that's a good thing, right? Walking, that's a good thing, but it's not always as automatic as we would like, right, for everybody. God created us to be creatures of habit. God created us to have habits and pathways to move along. And once a path is burned in us, we follow it habitually. That's a good thing if the habit's good. It's a bad thing if the habit's bad. Here's an example for me. I grew up, the prize for getting everything done was to rest. And so I find myself having to choose not to try to get everything done before I, quote, deserve to stop. It's a big one for me, but I'm learning and I have the joy of, you know, I love to have the environment nice and spacious and clear, and that's important. But to learn, for me, um, that my life um, comes from a place of rest. And so that doesn't mean that I don't do anything, 
it means that I do everything from a place of rest. And that's the joy that I can say that he's done in me. And so today, what happened at the fall? Does anybody know? What did we lose at the fall? Everything, yes. Everything. Um, Today we're going to look at how Father God created us, what happened and what's the process. And so... Um, I'm just going to say the most devastating effect of the fall was relational. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with others were drastically damaged and changed. Therefore, redemption and salvation are fundamentally aimed at restoring and rebuilding our ability to have and enjoy healthy relationships with God, with ourself, with others. You might say with yourself. Well, I'll refer to that later, but myself was not working together. You know, I, I believed in my head and I read in the Bible that God loved me, loves me, but sometimes I could feel other things or I had a different experience. And so I'm in conflict within myself. So part of the, the journey of salvation and redemption is that we actually become more in harmony with God, with ourselves and with others. It's not automatic. It's not instantaneous. It's a good idea just to say yes to him, though. Because when we give him permission, he does the things that we can't do. We would have done them anyway and otherwise. So he, we give him permission. I give you permission again, God, this morning to work in my life. I just want to say um, that some of the things that we're working on are a result of what's happened to us when we're younger. And some of us have had a more positive experience and some less so. And so, you know... Some, some of us were sort of snuggled up reading um, with our parents, and some of us um, had to fend for ourselves for more emotional needs, essential needs. Some, have been, some of us have been freely affirmed, and some of us missed out on that. So we need grace for each other because there's work for all of us, but some of us have more work to even be able to get to one point. So... to talk about the process of salvation we are as saved as we're ever going to be if you said yes to Jesus who agrees with that we're as saved as we're ever going to be there's nothing I can add to that or take away but that has to express itself through our soul and our soul is still full of life's experiences and encounters for instance I remember my mum in the kitchen, I wanted to watch her cook, and she told me to go away and play. And my heart received a message at that point. Whatever, I'm not going to fill it in because I've forgiven and everything, but things happen. Mark was deeply hurt by a school teacher when he'd done the wrong homework, and he carried that lie that he was no good for many years after that. 
sometimes us using our voice to express an opinion can be undermined. Within my family, my parents asked if I would change when I practiced the piano because I had have sisters and they also wanted to practice and there was this window of time. We changed it and I didn't like it. I'm like, I love to get up and just play in the morning and now I had to wait till later. And my heart was like grieving and I, I asked, could we change it back? And we weren't able to change it back. And that's something I had to walk through. It's not about me, but there was a part in me that, that, that was trying to express it and not even be able to talk about it was, was difficult. So it's a process, it takes time with many stages involved. Another week we'll look at why we continue to live after we've been saved by the same rules we were living by before we were saved. We're going to look at that another time, but if there's a certain way I felt love before I came to Christ, then I tend to seek feeling loved in the same way after I come to Christ. What do we mean when we talk about the ongoing process of salvation? Aren't we saved in a new creation? How can we be saved? Let's start. Are you saved? Believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead. Confess with our mouth that he is Lord. It's a beautiful version in Romans. That's Romans 10, 8 to 11 in the, pas- in the passage, pa- Passion. God's living message is very close to you. As close as your own heart beating in your chest. And as near as the tongue in your mouth. And what is God's living message? The revelation of faith for salvation. Which is the message we preach. Publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God and then the mouth confession resulting in salvation. Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. Luke 19 says, The Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost, to restore health and wholeness to all that was destroyed, marred, and ruined by the devil. This is where I was loving it. We are triune beings. Can you help me with that? Spirit, soul, and body. The goal of the gospel is to save every part of us, our spirit, our soul, and our body, to bring us into harmony. I don't like listening to discord, all right, or being something out of tune. He's bringing us into harmony. Let's look. 1 Thessalonians 5. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy, And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. 
example, to live in harmony. I had some depression that was diagnosed, actually, when we were in Toronto in the midst of God doing so much. And I went to see a doctor who specialized in chemical imbalance. He said, I can prescribe you with medication, but I want you to look at the whole picture of your whole life, not just adjusting your medication or changing, giving you something. So I started on that medication, and God had set up for us to receive a whole week of ministry. And during that week, I was able to receive truth that I would not have been able to receive had I not been on the medication. Because before that, it was always like just a little bit too far away. It's like God loves me, or Mark would say, you're beautiful. And I'm thinking, he's meant to say that. It doesn't really do anything in my heart. Well, now, as I took the medication, it allowed me to receive truth. So as I asked God to forgive me for the lies that I was believing and allowed him to replace those with his truth, I literally could receive it. And you know what? My heart started to live in a new way. And as a consequence, I do not need the medication. So it allowed me to receive the healing. Save, sozo is the word for save, to rescue or bring out of danger. There are six definitions. To save, to heal, to deliver, to prosper, to protect and make whole. So 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. The old has passed away and the new has come. But this doesn't imply that the past has no effect on you. Do you agree that your past has effect on you? When we come to Christ, we still partially think the same at that point. We still have the same spouse. Men still need to shave. We still have the same body type. So here we go. We're coming to some pictures now. You can see why. Hopefully you'll see why I'm so excited. This diagram is a picture of how God created us. What, no what do you notice here? Spirits on the top. Anything else? They're not all the same size. Very good. Man is made up of, sorry, is created spirit, soul, and body. Adam's spirit possessed the life and breath of God. His spirit did, okay? His soul, I loved, possessed the knowledge of the truth which was the knowledge of God and his way. The two, the spirit and soul, functioned in complete harmony. The spirit was the master, the soul served the spirit, and the body served the soul, all up, upward. The spirit communed directly with God and was enlightened, educated, informed, instructed, and it instructed the soul in the ways of God. The spirit expressed itself through the soul and the soul expressed itself through the body. 
Happy? Does that make sense? Agree? What happened after the fall? This is before new birth. Man is still made up of spirit and body, sorry, spirit, soul and body, but the spirit is now dead, which means it's disconnected or separated from God. So the spirit still exists, but it's unable to commune or communicate with the life and breath of God. This means that the soul is cut off from the knowledge of the truth, which is the knowledge of God and his ways. Our spirit should be the source of truth to our soul. The spirit and soul now function in complete disharmony and none of the three parts want to work together. The exalted soul now rules our lives because it's not receiving input through the spirit. And that was what was so key to me was that our soul is now doing something it's not created to do. It's not designed to rule. The soul is filled with and controlled by the knowledge received through the five senses rather than from internally. We have a lifetime of learning from the outside and we're not very skilled at learning from the inside. It's hard for our soul to change its confidence and dependency from the five senses. So destructive patterns of thought, belief and behavior develop within the soul. They're called strongholds. Patterns that get us into trouble. Patterns are the key. After the fall, the soul found itself uncovered and alone, forced to do a job it was not designed to do within a hostile environment. Without God and a reborn spirit, we are an accident waiting to happen. After coming to Christ, if we do not dethrone the exalted soul, we will still be a rambling wreck. Heart beliefs are formed deep in the heart of man that are not based on truth. Thus my heart is full of beliefs about how life works without God's direction and teaching. Heart beliefs is my subconscious set of rules about how the universe really works. Before coming to the Lord, you were throughout your life acquiring this set of rules. How does love work? How does work work? How does self-esteem work? How does servanthood work? How do boundaries work? How do I get my needs met? So let's move on to number three. Mankind after the new birth, before much growth. So now, you can choose to have a relationship with God. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Beautiful invitation and promise of intimacy with Father God. James 4. The second part of the verse says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So as I said, I was sort of living double-minded because my head told me one thing, but my heart told me another. 
my inner being was in conflict. So here, man's spirit is recreated in the image and likeness of God. Direct fellowship with God, who is the spirit, is restored. But the fullness of this relationship is not automatic. Fullness. Holy Spirit indwells the believer and guides us into all truth. The soul is unchanged at this point and must be re-educated in the knowledge of God and his ways. The spirit and the soul do not automatically function in harmony because remember, the soul has got used to being exalted. They fight. And the exalted soul will continue to dominate if it's allowed to do so. It doesn't want to give up its position easily. The strongholds developed prior to salvation must be pulled down and replaced. And replaced. That's a process. The spirit still must express itself through the soul and the soul express itself through the body. Born again, child of God, is a new creature in Christ. The old things have passed away. We are as saved as we will ever be in our spirit, and we look like Jesus, but it must still be worked out in our soul. 3 John 3, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So ministry and counseling really, as we would say, not so much counselling, but ministry is all about cleaning up the debris in our souls. God has so much he wants to give us, but we need our souls renewed and regenerated. If I filled this with treasure, there's a problem, because getting it out is a restriction at the top. A bottleneck. So I came to understand that there's a bottleneck in our salvation experience. And um, I have a picture here. Here's a big highway with great big trucks. And someone had a vision that explains this. He said, these trucks are full of abundance and provision and God's goodness. And they're driving along until they get to the place where each package has to be taken out and hand carried across a rope bridge. And that's a picture of our soul before it's, it's fully restored. There's a bottleneck. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's Romans 12. Ephesians 4. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and then put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old man, be renewed and put on the new man. So we're understanding our spirit is saved, but our soul is in ruins at this point. 
the body of Christ is learning how to help each person progress. To release grace and peace. To realize that it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Philippians 2. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within, within you the passion to do what pleases him. To accomplish the good things you desire to do. God wants to identify, challenge, and change any pattern of thought, belief, or behavior that are contrary to his will. Talked about the integrity of our soul, our spirit, soul, and body. Once you're born again, the process of saving your soul is now beginning. is the key to real change for the born-again Christian. And so, here's a summary. I was saved, delivered from the penalty of sin. I am being saved, being delivered from the power of sin. And I'm going to be saved, yet to be delivered from the presence of sin. little sort of is giving you the, the four pictures and on the back is a place for you to fill in I was saved I am being saved and I'm going to be saved so you can fill that in if you'd like it's on page four so I was saved is my spirit I am being saved as my soul, and I'm going to be saved. Uh -huh. I want to write just a note there, Colossians 3. I've been sitting in that scripture for a while too i'm not going to read it now but in the passion translation it's really beautiful but choose your own translation but maybe when you want to look through this paper and you look at that i'll just read it christ's resurrection is your resurrection too this is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where christ sits enthroned at the place of power honor and authority this is what we're doing this morning that's Everyone's very, very quiet. <laughs> but I'm just saying, okay, our spirit will feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Beautiful, beautiful scriptures. And so as we end, I wanted to bring a, a small application of one example and what I'm going to address this morning is the fear of God and how some of us have to walk out of the fear of man. 
So it's just a very short conclusion here. Maybe that's familiar, just to, to sometimes have a fear of giving your opinion or something like that, or to change something that's already going, or the fear of God is what we want. It's like the awe of God because being submitted to him, being able to receive feast on the treasures of heaven, be part of heaven coming to earth, heavenly realities becoming normal to us in our day-to-day -day life. So Father God designed us to be safely covered and protected by him in the shadow of his wings. And there's an awesome godly fear that keeps us positioned in trust, which is where we started our worship in trust of God's greatness and God's ability. Fear of man masquerades as wisdom. There's a discernment with the fear of God that you don't get with the fear of man. When we have fear, we are open to insecurity, which is wrongly Wrong security exposed. Insecurity is wrong security exposed. Insecurity leads us to draw from people around us. I actually used to do that because I was so desperate to receive from God. In that whole place before they were able to diagnose the depression, I was so desperate to receive from God and I would try harder and that didn't work or I'd try less, that didn't work. And it was like, where do I belong? But they actually had to say, no, Jane, you're trying to receive from people what only God can give. We want what God can give. What can God can give? <coughs> the devil comes as an angel of light to point to, to our point of weakness, to appeal to us to think like he does. Fear removes me from the place of safety to a place of vulnerability and insulates me from the constant work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Fear beckons me to say, I can handle this on my own. Fear of man is not submission to the Lord or yielding to his work in and through us. Fear of man distorts and perverts our values and perception of situations, of people, or circumstances. It's about his presence and longing for him alone. So as we finish, let's put our hands on our hearts. I did have the worship song, but I'm not sure that I got it ready enough. I wanted to sing it. fullness that you pour out over us moment by moment. Thank you that you want to set us free in every area of our spirit, soul and body to be saved to the uttermost. Thank you that we say today <laughs> I choose it my 
soul continually receive input from the download and revelation of God in my spirit. Choose to lay down the strong person that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Ask for forgiveness for that. And I choose to receive from you. I speak a blessing over us as we, yes, receive from each other, yes, and receive encouragement, but as we find our alone place with you and receive so beautifully, I just I, s- I pray that this week would be such a tender, intimate time in our quiet times, in our walking through life, that we would know that beautiful walking with him in the cool of the night, cool of the day, walking with him throughout, walking with you, Jesus, walking with you, Father, that as, as Jesus only did what he saw Father doing, that we do likewise. So I speak a blessing over our church family, over our families that are represented, over the young people in this area, over the schools. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would brood over every establishment, over every home, over every family, over every disappointment and brokenness, that you would pour out your comfort that it would be truly, as we stand here or sit here today, we agree for heaven to be, we say you are the answer. You are everything that we need. We say that for Myrtle Beach. We say that for Conway. We say that for Carolina Forest. We say that we speak a blessing over the teachers in the schools, over the police, over those in authority, over those who have places of leadership and for all of us as we get underneath and submit and be part of the picture of your kingdom in this place.